Hey, what is up, Willow Creek family? My name's Dave, and I'm one of the pastors here. And man, just a shout out to our campuses, Crystal Lake. Got to tour your building. Love what you guys are doing with your warming center. Way to be the church to your neighbors in need. Wheaton, Casa, uh, South Barrington, the OG of Willow, right? South Lake and Chicago and North Shore. You guys are a couple of the most uh, you know, diverse campuses. And thank you for modeling that, especially in the days that we're living in. Jesus for all people. Love it. And Huntley, oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much. I came into the office this week and Huntley had put a box of prayers written out for our family and a gift card to a restaurant. And uh, I don't know, uh, I'll tell you what, if there was a sixth love language, I think gift cards to restaurants would be my love language, okay? And man, thank all of you really for so many uh, emails and uh, DMs this week in response to... Uh, our events that we held this week for racial reconciliation, uh, so many positive responses there, and um, encouragement from last week's message. So many of you are pausing to pray each day at 2.42 p.m., and we're so encouraged by that. You're being relentlessly positive, celebrating wins, spotting the kingdom in the midst of the chaos. Many of you are checking out small groups and teams, and many of you said that you shared this online church experience with a friend, and uh, so thank you for that. And let me say, if you are new today, you are watching this for the first time, you are one of the big reasons we do this each week. We believe that God has you watching this for a reason, and we hope it's an encouragement to you. Well, I was. I was really encouraged this past week. Uh, my father came to town. I gave him a tour of the South Barrington Care Center, which was amazing. And then on the way home, we were driving, and our family noticed a restaurant that actually had real people eating at a real restaurant outside. And so we stopped and we had our first eat out meal together as a family in weeks. I think we've got a picture of it here. Check out that pretzel, folks. Oh my goodness. And they served that with cinnamon butter. And I took a bite of that. I'm telling you, the heavens opened up and angels sang the hallelujah chorus. It was amazing. Uh, we see it all around us. Things are opening back up and you can get your hair cut again. Uh, parks and playgrounds are opening up. You can get a tattoo. Uh, the team here is even mapping out our plan for us coming back to church and looking forward to sharing that with you very soon. Uh, we are making it through COVID, folks. Uh, things are slowly reopening, and we are slowly but surely making our way into our regularly scheduled lives, right? Well, in some ways, but not so fast, because COVID is not the only pandemic. Did you know that during these last few months, some states have seen a thousand percent increase in the number of crisis calls? Uh, some of my police friends have shared with me, domestic violence calls are up 18% in Chicago. Uh, suicide hotline calls, they are up drastically. Chicago uh, 7 reported this, quote, three months into the coronavirus pandemic, the country is on the verge of another health crisis. 
Experts warn that a historic wave of mental health problems is approaching. Depression, substance abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide. Mental health issues like anxiety and depression, they are on the rise. And here are a few statistics for you. Now keep in mind, these are numbers before the global health crisis and a national uprising. Look at these stats. 51% of people will have a diagnosable psychiatric disorder sometime in their life. 40,000 Americans die by suicide every year. And for every one that commits suicide, there are 12 that attempt it, which means that every minute, every day, someone is attempting suicide. Can that be right? The median delay in getting treatment for all mental disorders is 10 years. These months have maybe made you feel like everything you thought you can trust, you can't. And if that's you, let me tell you, you're in the right place. Because hope is real, and his name is Jesus. And we're kicking off a new teaching series called Get Out of Your Mind. And over the next few weeks, Albert, Megan, and myself, we're going we're gonna to look at a time in Elijah's life where he's struggling with his mental health. He's just come through an incredibly stressful time. Uh, you can read about it in 1 Kings 18. And now he's struggling in 1 Kings 19 with at least four lies that are keeping him trapped in his mind, feeling hopeless. And these are some of the same mind games we play with ourselves as well when we start getting discouraged or burnt out or, or, or frustrated. We can be tempted to believe things like, my life is worthless, and we're going we're gonna to look at that. We're, or things like, man, I can't slow down. I've got to keep going. I've got to stay in control of this. We're going we're gonna to look at that. Or, man, I'm just alone in this. Nobody else knows what I'm going through. We're going to look at that. And then this week, the lie, no, really, I'm fine. Because a lot of times we'll say that to people when we're really not fine. And sometimes we'll look in the mirror and say it to ourselves. No, really, I'm fine when we're really not that fine. And hey, wouldn't it be great if the church were a place where it's okay to not be okay? And we have a little grace for each other and, and maybe even a little grace for ourselves. So if, if you have your Bibles... Uh, Go ahead and turn to 1 Kings 19, uh, and I'll start right here in verse 1. It says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Now, at a glance... This doesn't look like it should be that big a deal. I mean, Elijah had just faced off. You can go read about it in chapter 18. He just faced off with 450 prophets, and God showed up in a miraculous way and just delivered him in this. And now there's this one woman who's mad at him, and what you're going to see is that Elijah is more afraid of this one woman uh, than he was of 450 men that he faced I mean, who is Jezebel? She, at the time, is the queen of Israel, and uh, she's a ruthless leader. She's largely, she's largely the reason Baal worship is so prevalent in Israel at the time. 
There are accounts of her having people stoned to death and killed. Her name in Hebrew literally means one bad mamma jamma. No, I'm just kidding. But in fact, if you don't if you don't believe that Jezebel was such a bad person, let me ask you this. When is the last time you met a woman named Jezebel? Yeah, I'll wait. Okay, because you, you haven't because she was so bad, she literally ruined that name for everyone since. No one names their kid Jezebel. And, and now Elijah has found himself square in her radar and the full target of her wrath. So he does what many of us do. He runs from a tough situation. You see, as we look at this account in the life of Elijah, I want you to consider if this is your story as well. Not that you're running from a murderous queen, but that life has been super challenging these past few months. And are you handling things in a healthy way? Because Elijah didn't. And as we'll see, he's he's been running too fast for too long. Now, speaking of running too fast for too long, whenever I'm coaching somebody, I got a little tool that I use, and it's called RPMs. And if you know anything about cars, you know that RPMs measure the speed at which the engine is revving. And if the RPMs are revving too fast for too long, it will damage the engine. In fact, most cars will have a a red line that shows you where the danger zone is. And you can redline the engine for a while, but you leave it there too long and you'll damage the engine. And in the same way, We have areas of our lives that if we redline them for too far, for too long, well, we're going to burn out. We're going to damage ourselves. So if I'm sitting down with my journal, I'm asking the question, how am I doing in these four areas? If I'm checking in with my kids, these are the four things that I want to know. If I'm coaching a staff person, Before I'm asking about their performance or your numbers, I'm asking, tell me about you. How are you really doing? And these are the four areas that I'm asking about. And and the first one is this. We'll just go right through RPMS. The first one is this, relationally. How are your family relationships? Because if you're not winning at home, guess what? You're not winning. So how's that going? How about friendships? Do you have anybody that you can... You can be completely honest with. Are you trying to make it on your own? It says in verse 3 that Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Not only does he run, but Elijah does what so many of us do when life gets tough. He isolates himself. Look at that last part. It says he left his servant. Isn't that what we do? Too many times when life gets tough, when we really start struggling, we isolate ourselves from our friends. The, the, very, the very moment that we should be leaning in, we lean out with our friends or our family or even our church family. Listen, you have to have people in your life that you can call and be real with about your struggles. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I don't know what I'd do without friends like Megan Marshman or, or Albert Tate. I, see, I know I can call them any time, day or night. It could be three in the morning and they'd answer my call. And it's so important for you to have friends like that. 
So here's their cell number. And really, any time of the day or night, you just call them. And I, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think you might be able to order pizza with those numbers. I can't give out their cell numbers. They'd kill me. But listen, I think isolation is one of the things Satan loves to do. Peter uh, was an early church leader, and he said in his book that the devil prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. You know, when you watch those nature shows, which one of the gazelles does the lion go after? It's the one that's off by itself. It's the one that's isolated. See, once you're isolated, then he can attack your mental health. And the attacks usually come in thoughts like this. No one knows what you're going through. Or, hey, everyone will judge you and think you're weak if you talk to them about this. Or, they don't even miss you, so, so don't even go back. And then once you're isolated, that's where the despair sinks in. And that's right where Elijah finds himself. He has, this, he has left his relationships, and he's isolated, and, and he's depressed. And look at verse 4. It says, while he himself was on a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Now, we don't know. We don't know if Elijah had clinical depression, uh, but many of us can relate to experiencing an intense season and then that kind of crash. And it's in the midst of that crash that Elijah starts thinking some pretty dangerous thoughts. He says, take my life. And I think we got to pause right there and just say this very clearly. Suicide is never the answer. If you or someone you know ever talk about or consider this, you need to let someone know and you need to reach out for help. You are not alone. So don't let Satan isolate you. We have to strive to be healthy uh, relationally. Well, then what you see next is the humanity of this prophet. He's exhausted and he falls asleep. And then it says, um, all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and then he lay down. So in RPMs, R is how are you doing relationally? The P is, how are you doing physically? Your physical health impacts your mental health and vice versa. Being hangry is a thing, right? So you, you can read David's Psalms where he's so stressed out, it's making him physically sick. What I love about this is you see how God cares not just for our spiritual needs, but our physical needs as well. I mean, in the midst of all that's going on, this battle with prophets, this vindictive queen, an afraid prophet, God is like, Elijah, I want to care for your physical needs as well. He feeds him. He, he gives him water. Look at this next verse. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And so he got up and he ate and he drank. Now, always notice repetition in the Old Testament because they didn't have an exclamation mark 
in the Hebrew language. So when things are repeated, it's often to show emphasis. And so God is saying with emphasis, two times, you have to take care of your body. So let me ask you, how are you doing physically throughout COVID? How are you eating? Are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? And, and, and let's just say it. Sometimes you can be doing all of those things. And still, guys, a, a chemical imbalance can be influencing your mental health. So sometimes, listen, God heals through miracles. And sometimes he wants to heal through medicine. And maybe your next step is having a conversation with your doctor. Now, it goes on and it says this. He was strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. Now, Mount Horeb is the second peak of another famous mountain in Scripture, Mount Sinai. And some scholars believe this is the very cave uh, where Moses saw the glory of God. And if you think I'm just, you know, just, just sharing that to try to score points with the Bible scholars at Willow, you're absolutely right, okay? And it's, <laughs> but it's in this cave where Elijah is going to hear from God. It says, it says this, And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Now here's the problem with that. It's just not true. I mean, just the chapter before, we read that while Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Elijah is not alone. He's not the only one left. But that's what can happen with our mental health. We can get discouraged and we start believing things that just aren't true. Romans 12, 2, Paul says this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what this series is all about, combating the lies that we tell ourselves. Now, here's some good news about mental health. Um, author Jenny Allen wrote this, um, quote, scientifically speaking, every thought we think changes our brains. And watch how this happens. Inside your brain are about 86 billion nerve cells They're called neurons. And inside each of those 86 billion or so neurons are microtubules. Microtubules have been called the brains of the cell. And they can be likened to a Lego set during a free build, she says. They are constantly building and deconstructing and reforming and coming apart and adjusting and shifting and stopping and starting again based on your every thought. With each thought you think, those microtubules build scaffolding that gives structure to the entire nerve cell and in the truest sense, alters your brain. And she goes on. Guess how long it takes a microtubule to finish the scaffolding that gives structure to the cell? From creation to completion, what is your guess? Ten minutes, she says. From the time you think a thought to that thought having physiologically changed your brain, ten minutes have elapsed. If you've made a habit of negative thinking, you're only ten minutes away from a fresh start. Can I read that again? 
If you've made a habit of thinking negative thoughts, you're only 10 minutes away from a fresh start. Man, I love that. At some point, we've got to strive for mental health, which simply means we need to start telling ourselves the truth, changing our thinking, and surrounding ourselves with others who are telling us the truth, changing our thinking, and most importantly, engaging with the Bible, which is the ultimate source of truth, and allowing it to transform our mind. So here is Elijah struggling in all the RPMs, looking for something to break him out of it, relationally, physically, mentally. And God does just this. He, he gives Elijah a spiritual awakening. That's the S in RPMs is, is spiritual. How are you doing spiritually? It says in verse 11, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. The big events, the tornado, the earthquake for Elijah, the pandemic, the riots, the economic impact for us. These are all wake-up calls to pay attention to what was already there, God's presence. Hey, Willow, what is God trying to whisper to you? Are you listening? Whatever the struggle is that you're facing, trying to get away from or, or heal from, God can speak into your every chapter. Uh, no matter how confusing, how dark, or how stuck you might feel, God is whispering to you today. Maybe that's what you need today. Maybe you need to be reminded of God's gentle whisper, that he's there for you relationally, physically, mentally, as well as spiritually. And so let me ask you, what will your answer be? What's your next step with God? Perhaps today your next step is to do a health assessment and, and see what area do you need to grow relationally, physically, mentally, spiritually. God is reaching out, giving you a community to be a part of. Maybe you stick around with us and check out a small group where you can move from isolation to community. Maybe your next step is just to come back next week. Check out the rest of this series. Maybe invite a friend. Maybe you'll join us in praying each day at 2.42 p.m. Maybe that's your next step. Hey, whatever your next step is, if, if we can encourage you in any way, go ahead and reach out in the comments section, and one of our hosts will follow up with you. It could be somebody listening today is ready to say yes to following Jesus. If that's you, Go ahead and let us know, and one of our hosts will help you make that decision. Hey, wherever you are in your journey, the good news is that because of Jesus, you can have hope that the best is yet to come.